Original. I think audiences respond to that energy. Literally, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, here we go. Like, it's going to be this speed. And mm-hmm. then people just, they adjust their brains and you move. Yeah. But it's such a, it's not to totally rip her off, but I love the Philistine. Like, say five hot jokes and keep moving. It's like, yeah. just get them up in the sky and yeah. fly the plane or whatever. It's taking over my dreams, waking me out of my sleep. I think I'm coming apart. Hi, I'm Margaret Cho. Welcome to The Margaret Cho, where we talk to people you know and people you should know. And this guy you really should know, Daniel Rugweb, is a hilarious comedian, really, really funny, really, really special, really different, and we had a great talk with him. Coming out of the dark, coming out of the dark, coming out of the dark, yeah, coming out of the dark. Don't you love Wendy's? I love Wendy's. I have, I have a lot of bad luck there, though. You know, like I went to Wendy's, I pulled right up to the drive-thru, and I said, I'll have a spicy chicken sandwich with an unsweetened iced tea, biggie size. And I said, um, hello? And they were closed. It's like, y'all, there's nothing sadder than barking out an angry order at an empty Wendy's, you know? It's like, my God. I was there one time I went to Wendy's, and I pulled up to the drive-thru, and I gave my, my debit card to the lady, and she gave me my Frosty, and then I waited for the rest of my food to be prepared, and then she gave me back my debit card and said, I'm sorry, so your card's been declined. And I looked at the Frosty she'd already handed me, and I drove away! I said, ah! My God, I said, don't worry. I went home and ordered pizza, don't worry. I, and I paid cash for it because I'm common. And number one, the pizza guy totally, he like caught me peeking out the window, like somebody stood my ass up on prom night. I said, you know, I live alone, you know? I live alone. So every time I order pizza, I always turn into my empty apartment. I always go, the pizza's here, you know? <laughs> Like I used to take my dog, I had a really big dog, and I would take him to this place by the airport, like a dog hotel. Mm-hmm. And it was really great, but she smoked so many Salem like oh, menthols yikes. that he would come out like smelling like a Salem menthol. <laughs> Absolutely. The smoke didn't bother me, but it was the menthol. Yeah, it's that mintiness that's gross. Yeah. Totally. I used to be a cigarette smoker, mm-hmm. and like menthols where I drew the line. I would smoke yeah. everything under the sun but that. I I had a roommate and her, she had a grandmother from Wisconsin and she would ship cookies every Christmas. Mm -hmm. She got this little proper tin, like little metal cookie tin thing. Mm -hmm. And she popped it open. She goes, smell it. And it was cookies, but it smelled like cigarettes because like grandma Dorothy definitely smoked while she baked. And like somehow that made it in the tin. Well, you can't escape it because when you're smoking you can't I, I mean i'm an old cigarette smoker too, too. it doesn't bother me mm-hmm. when i'm smoking right you know then i kind of like it i miss it i miss it all the time yeah, yeah i miss it too but then when i have when i realize oh i don't actually miss it it's actually not good unless you're smoking all the time correct like i want to be a dirty old lady smoking mm-hmm. in my car like indoor outdoor like that's yeah. what i want one day i'll go back well i'll go back like i want to be the kind of person that has like cigarettes in like a the leather Ooh. like long like clasp bag mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then open it with my lighter in there lovely and then um it would be like moore's like really like a brown cigarette <laughs> yeah a long one i love uh nat sherman's those brown ones were good oh, yeah. they're like all natural those are beautiful when i come back though because i am gonna smoke again that's how i convince myself to quit yeah is that because i want to be an old man i want to smoke uh <laughs> and i want to go like full-on filterless like i want to do like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like lucky strike filterless yeah, or, or like so. a camel totally like a camel unfiltered um yeah i just want to like i want to get some old lady sport i want to go out like totally lucille ball style like let's play backgammon and smoke indoors like that's mm. everything I that's want. That's, that's great. It's a reason to make it to like 60. I think what is 
beautiful about smoking is like when I watch it in movies. Yes. And there's something about smoke that curls Mm -hmm. around the the fingers and the face. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really poetic. And it's also that moment. It's usually if you see it in a movie, it's a moment for the character to reflect. It's a thinking mechanism mm-hmm. personally and, and artistically the, yeah there's something really like cinematic about it totally and um and since i always kind of imagine myself like i'm always kind of in a virginia slim's ad because <laughs> yeah. i've come a long way totally. <laughs> <laughs> you that's know? totally true like in my mind my perfect life would be like shelly Hacken, like a mm. virginia slim's ad beautiful I'm addicted to two, like, Ab Fab, the way they make smoking look. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's a drug, you know? Yeah. It's, it's gross. It's net Like, they, you hear it when they inhale. But yeah. my other favorite is, like, Betty Davis on any talk show in the late right, 70s, right, 80s. Like, right. that bitch was smoking. On Dick Cavett. Yes. And she just was giving so it away. salty and smoky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in her 80s and, and yeah. just fabulous like i think she would have like an eye patch on her yeah, no, well she had a stroke <laughs> oh, and they were like how was it getting yeah. over the stroke she's like well i was always going to smoke again like she refused <laughs> to quit smoking after yeah. a stroke i admire that i do too but i do love those old talk shows like decatur yeah. where they would smoke cigarettes totally jack parr like i'm not a judy garland queen necessarily mm-hmm. but there's some really good almost at the end of her life judy garland interviews with jack parr mm-hmm. and it's just that dingy black and white it's not mm-hmm. really good quality yeah and everybody's smoking yeah, there's an ashtray in the middle of it, and it just adds to the conversation. Like and alcohol, and yeah, like Shelly uh, Winters yes. was on the Tonight Show with Oliver Reed, and oh, they got wow. in a fight because Oliver Reed didn't like women's livers, and so <laughs> oh, she threw a, a drink on him because no. she was really like offended because yeah. she she was quite a woman's liver i as, love shelly winter i love her she's a genius yeah she was the grandmother on roseanne mm-hmm. which was great casting and on the dvds roseanne talks about she gives a couple shelly winter stories away mm-hmm. and how she was roommates with marilyn monroe yeah. and i believe she says she taught marilyn how to walk sexy mm-hmm. or something like that shelly winters is great because she's in a bunch of great movies yeah. and, like she's in alfie and totally she's in side um, adventures my favorite oh, side adventures really love her in that well, in Poseidon Adventure, she's it's like she's kind of reliving the other movie. Is it called The Place in the Sun? Where she's like, she's oh, also drowned. Sure. Yes. <laughs> they can't keep her dry. She's always being drowned. Yeah. So it was like perfect, perfect for her to be in Poseidon Adventure because you're just used to seeing her in the water. They give her that like 10 minute swimming scene though. That like underwater sequence where she has to like yeah. rescue, tie the rope or whatever, follow it's, the rope. It's really stressful. And I, I remember being a kid and watching it like with some soon to be gay boy yes <laughs> we'd be watching it and yeah. then when she would be underwater we would hold our breath no like, <gasps> i did i did shit like that when i i would sneak out of my house as a teenager and mm-hmm. i had this weird ritual where i had to i would start a fleetwood mag album and i had to be out of the house by the start of the song or mm-hmm. end of the song excuse mm-hmm. me but the other thing was when i went around the house and checked all the doors before i went out out i had to hold my breath Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it was, I don't know, it was just this weird, like, OCD thing I had to do. It's like superstition. I think OCD is just non-diagnosed superstitious people. Because you're doing something risky, so you're trying to um, maybe put fate on your side or fortune on your side by doing a ritualized behavior Mm -hmm. it's hard with comedy i don't want to get like ready for a show in any kind of ritual too ritually way because you don't always get to pick where you are and stuff but like if i was stevie nicks before a show i would demand like candles and crystals and like smoke you know what i mean like i need that kind of like 
uh, not satanic. What do you call that? Well, it's a ritualized behavior, kind of like Bette Midler and the Rose, where she <gasps> yeah. uh, gets in front of the mirror and she's like, fuck them. Yeah. I mean, I always forget to do a ritual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah, I I usually try to like take a couple breaths. Uh, Phyllis Diller said she had to meditate for five minutes, mm. which I found interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, also just thinking about Phyllis Diller meditating. I mean, where really... does that silence come in? There's no it, silence with her. It, it's funny because Wait, did you work with her? I did. Oh I worked God. with her one time. She was friends with Bob Hope, uh-huh. so I was on. Wait, the... did you work with Bob Hope? Yeah. Holy shit! I was on the the Bob Hope's Young Comedian Special because he used to do this thing yeah. every Christmas. Yeah. And it was on NBC, and and so you would go and um, you would do a set. Well, I have his autograph because my queer ass wrote to him when I was like in the fourth grade <gasps> wow. and wrote because like Lucille Ball was dead, so I was like he's the next whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, whatever. I can't believe you got. To... Was he short? Was he a tiny person? Um, he was so old like he was probably you know over 90 so you didn't have a sense of how big he was because he rarely stood so you didn't really have a sense or you couldn't really stand next to him and then if he was very hunched Mm -hmm. and um he barely spoke he would do comedy but it was like stop and start so they would just get like a word here and a word there and stitch it together in editing to make it seem like he was telling a joke like a full sentence yeah that's fascinating he was so old but phyllis was very sharp you know, and no, to the end, completely right there. Her and last interview, I think she bowed out from public at like the mm-hmm. last couple of years, but her last interview, she's bing, bang, boom, like making jokes yeah. and, and the whole thing. Yeah, I don't think she ever lost anything. And she, I think because she was very creative and she painted mm-hmm. and she had kind of her house open for paintings. Did and you go to her house? I didn't. Okay. Um, I didn't. I have a bunch of her old prescriptions there. I have this yeah. uh, painting that I'll show you. What's up? It's a sculpture of Joan Rivers, but it's made out of Phyllis Diller's prescription bottles and like Sarah Silverman's gefilte fish. And there's Holy all these like shit. weird um, female comedian sort of artifacts mm-hmm. that were put together, but it's mostly Phyllis Diller stuff. I'm in heaven. She was a piano yeah. player, mm. um, and I play piano. And her 77 HBO special, mm-hmm. just at the end, she just knocks out some classical music, and then it's incredible. and just says good night, thank you, and then yeah. gets off the stage. She She's incredible. Home. She's just very you know talented in in so many ways. Yeah, she has a great interview where she's telling just like a few secrets, like. How to say hello to an audience, like tell five hot jokes and keep going. And like she just has all these crazy little things that she picked up from other people. And mm-hmm. her is like a comedy observer because yeah. she's really generous. You know, mm-hmm. she's not really like critical. But I also have a hundred Joan Rivers questions to ask you. Ask wait, You know, Joan Rivers was really, she was really special. I mean, she was very soft, which mm-hmm. people don't think. Right. You know, she was like real mom and real yeah. soft and like. You call her your comedy mom, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, if she liked you, she was very kind of not intrusive in your life, but curious about it. Like yeah. she wanted to see who you were going out with. Mm-hmm. She's like, does he have a job? Oh my God. And she wanted to know like what was happening. And, you know, yeah. if you ever asked you to do something, she would be right on it. And there was a lot of like things that I didn't expect about her. Like she was really nervous before shows. And in what way? If you were coming to see her show, you mm-hmm. couldn't say hi to her before. And she... Had to make you sit in a place where she couldn't see you. Because she didn't want anybody she knew in the audience. Mm-hmm. And then if she saw you, she'd be really mad. And she was very nervous around like the boys, which would be the boys would be like Gary Shandling right. or like, 
any of the guys, like she was like very nervous about them. And what was that? It's slightly reflected in her documentary, just barely when they do the uh, George Carlin thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were there for that. Yeah. And she, you can see her kind of standing back yeah. behind like Gary Shandling and I Bill Maher. She just wanted to kind of save that space of like, I don't want anybody around me before I go on. She, she had like a sense of like, I want to be as good as I can be. And I think, you know, there's always like that kind of tension between men and women in comedy, much more like, I think, that generation. True. You know, so there was always this thing of like, oh, well, women are are not as funny as the guys, which are... We'll do it. We'll take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not true, but... How does it... You've seen the documentary, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how does it make you feel when they're at the... Kennedy Center Honors or whatever, not that, whatever. Yeah. It's Mark Twain. Um, and then the host is running down the list of performing comedians. Yeah. And she gets to, your name's just funny. And then she yeah. gets to, uh, who is it? Ben Stiller. She goes, mm, lucky. <laughs> like that. <laughs> but like, you're on the list. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's an amazing feeling. It's an amazing feeling. And it, it, she was an amazing woman. You know, I met her. Um, she had come to my show in New York. What venue? It was at the uh, West Beth. So this okay. is like in the late, late 90s. And um, so I won some award and she wanted to give it to me so she could meet me. So we had dinner at this award ceremony and, and then, um, you know, we, we had a fun time. And then at the end, she said she would send me jewelry from her jewelry line. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I told her I didn't wear jewelry. And then she turned her back to me and then wouldn't speak to me for two years. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you serious? And then she like came to terms with that I didn't wear jewelry. And she was okay. But it took her like A two-year two rift? Yeah. To like really get over that. Wow. Like, you know, she doesn't wear jewelry. It's, it's all right. It's did you right. regret saying that? I did. Yeah. But it was true. But it was a funny thing that she she was like very particular about it but what brought you back together um i think we had worked together for something else you know we would always end up working together for something and then she didn't allow the boys to talk to her like she, i always like got to go in her dressing room and nobody else was allowed so Amazing. i always felt special yes 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 and you know because she was one of the reasons why i wanted to be a comedian like sure. i saw her Same. yeah Same. she had so much power and it was that she and the audience had such a like they been together before yeah you know her rhythm i saw her three times mm. live and the last one was like three months before she passed but mm. then the first time was just a few years before that yeah same theater i saw you at in austin texas paramount big oh, theater yeah, yeah, downtown yeah, yeah. right That's same stage mm-hmm. and just her rhythm of like i'm gonna say this awful thing and the audience goes <gasps> and she throws <laughs> another one on top yeah. of it and then when people are almost like <gasps> she says one more horrible thing yeah and kind of breaks it right back down and starts it over again. Like yeah. she just has this way of like, it's this shock value that's that's a, a poorly used term to no, describe it. No, but it's it. good that she has so many jokes and then just keeps on Hundreds throwing them. Like everything she said was a joke. Yeah, it's like the movie Airplane. Like give or take. Yeah, yeah. Every line is a joke. Yeah, you you know that's what I appreciate when comics and I, and I noticed that you do this. You have jokes every couple of words, Thank which you. I think is really good. Thanks, I try. It's um, like you got to stack the deck yeah. because it's really unexpected. Yeah. Which is good. Thank- I like to just watch in any kind of art form, like some, just someone who seems to be taking over mm-hmm. in any, whatever that looks like, you know, just, yeah. you don't have to be speaking every second, but like just any, that kind of control. But that's like. good because it's like that's very different to the style that's more sort of popular now. Right. Which is, you know, it's just like more of a long form. Right. Which I think is fine, but it's not what I like. I don't like to watch it. It's like, I don't know. It's like any band. Have you ever seen the Flaming Lips live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. And then in, in between songs, Wayne talks for like 15 minutes. You're yeah. like, dude, I'm not high anymore. <laughs> like, let's go, you know? Uh-huh. And he just drags it down. That to me is that style of joke telling where it's uh-huh. just like, no, no, no. 
no, 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 joke. I'm like, mm-hmm. Wayne is talking too much. Let's get back to the, like, the music. I like a lot of, like, really fast jokes that I didn't know was going to be a joke, but it's like, you get it right on top and top, you know, yeah. so that's what you do is that rapid fire, which I think is similar to, like, a Joan Rivers, and it's also kind of akin to, like, even a Don Rickles. Love Don Rickles. Like, that fast, 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 totally. and everything, which I think is really... I think it's really necessary and it's actually rare. You don't see a lot of people do that. I think audiences respond to that energy. Literally, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, here we go. Like, it's going to be this speed. And mm-hmm. then people just, they adjust their brains and you move. Yeah. But it's such a, it's not to totally rip her off, but I love the philister. Like, say five hot jokes and keep moving. It's like, yeah. just get them up in the sky and yeah. fly the plane or whatever. And then it, then if you want to stop and take down, like, and do a longer story, then it's perfect. Because right. then it just gives them a chance to kind of, Breathe and then you can start again. Sure. The first hour I ever did was at a college, like some shitty little college show. And I was treating it like I am a headliner at a club and this is my hour show. And it just, it that's what I went in with. But it was like, wow, 40 minutes in, these people look exhausted. It's like, Uh you you do need to pull back just a little bit. Yeah, just to, you know, give yourself a chance to regroup too. Right. Because how long are your, like your specials? Like Notorious, CHO, and like I'm the one that I want. Those are like an hour and a half. Are they 90 minutes? Yeah, about, I think a little bit longer. Like they're a little bit longer than an hour. Like sometimes between like, uh an hour and 15, an hour and a half, something like that. But, you know, in general, you want to kind of, uh, yeah, be able to put sort of a longer story in there, like maybe a structure that Mm -hmm. that you're following, you know. But um, I guess nowadays, if I do a special, it would be just an hour. Yeah. You know. Um, Have you seen Bruce Bruce? I'm sure you have. But if you're working with Bruce Bruce, I got to feature for him, which was one of the coolest gigs ever, like uh ever. But he's so old school, just Mm -hmm. in his like structure. And again, like the energy he pulls up and like, because he he gets a shout out in Notorious B.I.G.'s Hypnotize. Mm -hmm. He says Bruce Bruce twice, which I think is amazing. And then he talks you through that story and he goes, R.I.P. B.I.G. And he goes, R.I.P. Joan Rivers. And he throws those two people together. Aww. It's like they were legends and then like they moves were. on. But That's he, funny. I love his style because he's almost joke, 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 joke without yeah. too much story. Yeah. Um, I love him. I love him. I love it also when comedians make appearances in like music. I think yes. there's a couple of like Bernie Mac things of yes. Prince songs. Totally, yeah. Which is so rock and roll. Which is so great. Yeah. Did you ever see Prince live? Yeah. I saw Prince a few times right when he had switched over to the symbol. Mm-hmm. But he the symbol was going back to perform Prince's greatest hits. <laughs> right. So it was, uh, he wasn't, in the, it's really complicated yeah yeah but he was playing it but it wasn't in this thing it was really weird um but it was like a lot of songs it was 20 minutes long and yes. it, it was all of the stuff going on um and that was at a, an award show and then i saw the purple rain tour with with the <gasps> vanity holy shit and the time wow that was in oakland and you know the 80s of course and amazing then, then it i saw him i think the musicology tour mm-hmm. and then i saw i him, saw that tour yeah, yeah that was a great one he played like 38 songs yeah i lo- went back and looked at a set list i was like i mean for real it's like close to 40 or something yeah nuts, which yeah. i can't believe when he had a black slim black flare and a really tight curl on his forehead mm-hmm. he looked just like judy garland <laughs> and i was really like this is not but the, is, how i remembered him no, but it was the, it was the bangs yeah that was men with bangs the, the wrong and the trick. flare the tight flare yes it was like a slim like he's barely so, a flare he's so tiny to wear a flare he looks like you know what i mean i don't think mm-hmm. i have long legs it's like you can get away mm-hmm. with a little bit more with that yeah he 
mystifies me for lots of reasons. I love how ugly his house was. Like the yeah. outside for such a genius, the it, outside of his house was hideous. It was like it was a strip a, mall. It, it, yeah, <laughs> or kind of some weird like paper company. Like, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, a yeah. weird like so, uh, somehow there's like a little cup. Caesar still open. Yeah. Like. But I still appreciate like I think that my favorite style it was the um raspberry beret era yeah so then you had like the clouds in the sky and there was a kind of a paisley everything was paisley yes so there was a surrealist vibe that i liked. diamonds and pearls is probably my favorite song but yeah. also probably my favorite video because it's that weird 90s where it is just smoke and pink yeah like there's nothing else going on yeah uh, maybe some like literal pearls happening but yeah yeah my favorites were he in like 1996 when he and celine dion had the same haircut <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just kind of like maybe shaved a little in the back and yeah. then up. Yeah, that's I like my, that. Yeah. Well, you know, he uh, may have been a, a shorter man, but um, he his pants were so high waisted. True. That yes. would really lengthen. <laughs> it's all that's showbiz for you, right? It's all smoke and mirrors. Well, yeah, it's like you have to sort of like figure out where the proportions are and when they land. And I well, mean, like my legs start here. True. Yeah. And like they all go down. So you got, I have to make a middle. So that you could probably really do a good Frankie B jean. I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm trying to get out of my old man slacks and into more of like a rock and roll jean. Yeah. Like a really low waist with maybe a uh, lace up front. <laughs> totally. Well, because if I have a beard, like because mm-hmm. I can grow scary beard, I make Fleetwood the house down. So like I can get away with Ooh. those like pirate pants with those weird balls yeah, hanging in ta- between. Yeah, and a, and a top hat. Totally. Exactly. I mean, that would be really beautiful. Um, I've tried to coordinate it with Halloween, but it's hard. You need a Stevie Nicks adjacent or you need like right. a little context for that. Otherwise, you're just a pirate. Well, you should do that with the comedian, that funny comedian I saw you with at Hags. <gasps> oh, the, ho- the co-host? Yes. Uh, Steph Tolov. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's really funny. So she would be a good Stevie foil. I would love that. That's actually a great idea. And you guys should definitely do that. I mean, I think anything that's very bell sleeve mm-hmm. and bell bottom. Part of me wants to also be Christine McVie and just keep falling asleep because she sounds so tired. <laughs> she's I mean? really, she's had, a, she's, she's been through a lot. There's a great interview. I think they're on the bus or something from like mm-hmm. rumors, like late seventies and all these like, they're like, oh, Christine, Christine, tell us what it's like to be an international <laughs> sex symbol. And she's smoking, which I love. She smokes. She goes, I don't know ask stevie and just Aww. i know like you can see it she's really talented though i mean her songs are the best. she her song's the best strongest I should and say. so strong yeah. and you know she was the best she was married to dennis wilson yeah, and she, he he drowned right yeah. He drowned? yeah he's the one that drowned and i think you make love and fun yeah. is about him mm-hmm. which is so sad i mean i love everything about Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. All of the pieces, mm-hmm. all of their love affairs. Mm-hmm. They just um, fired Lindsey Buckingham like a few months I ago. I know. My friend replaced him, which is great. No. Um, Neil Finn replaced That's him. That's your friend? Yeah. He's oh a good God. friend of mine. So he invited me anytime, any place I can uh, go see them. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm looking forward to you it. You stop. Because he sings... They give him a moment. Yeah. And I, because I'm a nerd, I watch bootlegs. Mm-hmm. And the whole audience is just singing along with him. And yeah. his. I love that they give him some time. Yeah, he's quite a rock star, of course, anyway. And so it's an interesting pairing to have him, you know, in this very legendary band. Exactly. This is why I don't, like, not to uh, belittle people dying, but, like, Whitney Houston fell asleep in a warm tub of water in a nice hotel. Like, you know what I mean? And Nicole, mm-hmm. kind of the same story. Like, I love Tom Petty, but, you know, he kind of just fell over in a house in Malibu. Like, that's not it sucks. the worst. It's, the, it's like, I always think, like, what a great contribution. Like, I, I actually, Tom Petty, like, I love, I love their music, too. Totally. You know, and mm-hmm. all those guys are just so good. And 
I still think it's weird that he's dead. Like I, it I hasn't happened. It, yeah, it doesn't really. I didn't process it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I don't believe it. There's a really good Stevie Nicks solo live at Red Rocks from 1987. Ooh. If you haven't ever watched it, mm-hmm. she has like full on Wolverine hair Ooh. and like I think it's before she sobered up or right after, but something's off. Mick Fleetwood does an awkward bongo solo in the middle of it. It's strange. <laughs> Peter Frampton's there. All kinds of people. Yeah. She has a, a dove in her hand. She's trying to set it free, oh. but it won't. But they do uh, Tom Petty's uh, Need to Know. Oh, wow. And I think she always introduces that cover by saying he's her favorite rock and roll star. He's he's amazing. He was a rock star. He was such a... I mean, you would do well if you did also any of those like, um, don't come around here no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that kind of a Mad Hatter. Totally, yeah. I think I'm getting into hat phase. I'm not right there. I'm 6'3", so when you start adding altitude, you know what I mean? You add height to that, it really makes you noticeable. But that's good. Yeah, no, I embrace it. I think that's good. Um, It only comes in hand, like height only comes in handy at like grocery stores and like the pit at a Tori Amos concert. Where you're like, (laughs) I can see. Well, the the pit is a good place to be for a Tori Amos. Primarily, yeah. But no, I'm moving into like, I want to get into like nicer looking clothes but also like that shabby hippie looking thing oh it's so good like uh something out of like when Cher had a catalog Cher (laughs) had a catalog business called sanctuary yes i remember remember so she showed like like clothes and furnishings home furnishings but they were all like heavy goth iron rod yeah 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 yeah, a lot of like i mean you know it was a lot of candelabras yes and lots of like crosses on the walls Mm -hmm. um have you been to her house I've never been her. I've never met Cher. I've only, I mean, I know Chaz. Right. But, you know, I've never been to Cher's house. I've never even seen her in person. Ooh, that's. That's a, that, wow. I, I wish I could meet her. I, I really Absolutely. love her. Well, her house is that obvious one off of the highway in Malibu, mm-hmm. which I mm-hmm. just love. I'm like, that's all I want to do. I just want to stare at the water. And if you ever get bored of that, just look at me and be like, oh, yeah, I'm Cher. <laughs> I mean, oh, yes. That's Don't the dream. Forget. That's the dream. Don't forget. I mean, you really could have come out of her coupling with Greg Allman. You know, like you could <laughs> right. be their like right. secret. You're, are you Elijah Blue? I would love to be. Are you kidding me? Like, I don't, th- I'm surprised she, or she probably does, but have like a public adopted gay son. Like, who is that for sure? I know. Like, who, who? There has to be one. I'm sure there's many. Is it Bob Mackey? Uh, maybe I I do love I I did meet Bob Mackey one time. He um it was so funny. He I had love a, this. he was with this woman, the blonde woman that kind of looked like um Mary Hart. Oh yeah, her, yeah, and then oh, yeah. and they both had matching pink ladies jackets. That's fabulous. Like from Greece. Oh yeah, and like neckerchiefs. So they were. It, it was like he was like Rizzo and she was like <laughs> you know Frenchie. You know, or he kills me. But they were like Barbies, and then they came in like a pink catalog. Where was this? It was at. Some weird thing at the music box mm-hmm. uh, in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and it was really weird. So I, I knew him a little bit, you know, from that. And then he said he would make me something if I came down to his no. like. Uh, they have all of his costumes are refrigerated in this the space in um, Studio City. Uh-huh. So it's like all refrigerated. And so I went down there, and so it's like all these costumes that say like Lola Falana oh and then all God. the shares outfits and everything. No, no, no. It's all there, um, and you know. All of the headdresses yep. with all of the feathers, and it's 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 pretty phenomenal. Because did he do? I know he did Carol Burnett, but he did the Sunny and Cher show. Yeah, all of it, right? Yeah, that's so nuts. I mean, anything like that you would ever see, like, like a, a dance, you. yeah, dance show, like those shiny floor shows in the seventies. Mm-hmm. They would all be Bob Mackie, like a full on number. Yeah, I've started getting into like old Sunny and Cher music just because I'm ignorant. I, hadn't, I didn't really listen to it, but there's this one song called "Baby Don't Go." And it's just this simple little like harmonica, piano, like she sounds like a 
million dollars and like he's just in the background you know he's just in the kitchen doing dishes but like you totally get it like i i totally get why they were a thing well yeah i mean if you think about like you know she's just a young singer and trying to figure out how to break in hollywood and he's like a very accomplished like musician and and he's in that world so it's like a, a you know when they wear their like fur vests and stuff <laughs> right you know it's like oh they're headed to wolfman jack's house yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I go, like i get i like that sort of carnal kind of like 60s thing yeah i do believe Cher is probably like the famous person not out of any kind of like i'm overwhelmed but i just wouldn't know where to begin like what do you even say to share? Yeah, what do you say? Where do you start? What would you say? Uh, I mean, it'd probably start with like a hair compliment or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like, I love your hair or can I have your house? Or <laughs> I want old stories about other people. Like mm. she has, I want killer. Like she has a couple good Lucille Ball stories Ooh. about like being at Jack Benny's house on election night when Nixon oh, was God. reelected. Oh my God. And like all, like Carson's there and all yeah. the old like Republican people mm-hmm. are, are, I think, pissed about Nixon or something. Someone's pissed about something. And Lucy asked her, she's like, come on, we'll go play in this, like, you know, like, we'll leave the Republicans to their job or whatever it is or something. She's, I want to ask Cher all that shit, like. Yeah, I would about, be curious about that. I don't know, because she, Kathy Griffin talks about it, but she, Joan Rivers, and Kathy Griffin would have, like, girls' night at Cher's Ooh, house. wow. Right? And, like, you don't wear makeup mm. and all that kind of That's stuff. That's so great. I know. And then That's you just so fun. pick their brain. But I'm like, the three women you don't want to see without makeup. I'm like, actually, Cher's the one I want to see without makeup. Yeah, I bet she looks the same. Probably. I mean, I think she probably looks the same. She's got that be- like beautiful bone structure. It's like Dick Clark. You know, Dick Clark is what Bob Barker should have looked like. Like, Bob Barker's still alive. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Both of those sons of bitches looked amazing till the, like, well, I don't know what Bob Barker looks like now. I bet he looked pretty good. But she's I mean, only 60-something, right? She's not as old as people no, no, imagine. No, no, she's, yeah, in her 60s. She's, I don't think she's that old. Because my folks are in their 70s, mm-hmm. which is like, I, I feel like I've known Cher longer than I've known my parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she has that sort of... But she has like that, you know, that Armenian, you know, Native American, mm. like that very, very, like, perfect bone structure. Yeah. and. Well, it's that non-imperial fountain of youth, you know? Mm-hmm. If you haven't, like, if you haven't taken over an entire culture or nation in the last 200 years, you're looking pretty... You yeah. sleep well, I guess. Yeah, it's like that, you know, it's the, the one thing we have over the colonists. There it is, is. That, yeah. <laughs> is that good skin. But she would be somebody that would be a great biopic. She always wears a wig, like, no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think only at home, and she because she was on whatever show, and she was like, oh, I never leave the house without a wig, or something like that. <laughs> we used to have, at work, I worked at a vegetarian restaurant, restaurant and we try to have share challenges a share challenge oh my god or whoever could just share the bet i lose all the time i'm a shitty share but like yeah i love a share challenge if you're having like a terrible day as a waitress that seems like a really good uh rupaul drag race thing yeah, yes like a competition yeah like have a very been... a good share challenge i judged uh season three that's my favorite with uh, there was the uh, lip sync for your life with raja and carmen carrera i loved carmen carrera she, was she is beautiful. gorgeous yes she's she gorgeous. stunning I mean, that she's body like, i guess like almost like a penelope cruz kind of just all of it softer she's like a rail but not point you know what i mean not in a disrespectful way she's just very no, long she's and just beautiful like a, but kind of a classic supermodel yes. body too she still looks i saw i looked her up recently because i love her name carmen carrera mm-hmm. i just it's a good drag queen name but because uh, yeah. alexis mateo 
mm-hmm. was also one of my favorites. Yes, yes, yes. I, beautiful. I don't think she's like a top tier queen, but right. she's my favorite kind of a queen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like, give me somewhere and maybe you are in your 20s and 30s, but every time you're in drag, you look like you're in your 40s and 50s. Like that's, I love that. Me too. That's my favorite. I like, love that. Like a really respectable pageant queen too. Same. I struggle with like young, I'm 37, so there's a bit of an, a generation gap mm-hmm. and like mild queens that I know who are in their 60s and 70s and these just young queens that get to just be cool with it because they're in their 20s. You know what I mean? Yeah. No disrespect. I'm sure everybody has a struggle. But it's a culture that you can reference now as yeah. opposed to it being like this, not closeted, but you know, underground sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you read people to survive you know, yeah, you exactly. didn't read people just to be a bitch. No, no, it no. You like, read people to survive. And that's exactly the right way to put it. I mean, you needed drag to just get by. Yeah. And like, you know, we're already freaks anyway. So let's try to make some money off it. There was a show at a gay bar. And it's just kind of a stand up show in the middle of a drag show, which isn't mm-hmm. the best combination. But, you mm-hmm. know, gay men are kind of cannibalistic with each other. Yeah, yeah. Particularly from a performer's perspective, it's like, because all gay men are funny. So yeah, I think yeah, they yeah. look at another gay man like, like, I could do that, you know, which yeah. I understand. <laughs> I totally understand that. But I was in the middle of like a bad set. Someone said, Yes, mama, to me. I go, oh. I go, Who is Morticia Adams? <laughs> and they just looked at me. I go, Who is Morticia Adams? Uh-huh. And they just stared at me. I go, Who is Lily Munster? <gasps> And they just kind of looked at me as like, none of you know who these people are. Oh. I was like, because these are gay icons. It was like, yeah. whether you think so or not, you yeah. know, they are drag icons. Like, yes, mama mm-hmm. comes from that shit. Like, yeah. don't. It was just fascinating to watch all these young, like that sort of a thing. That's funny. It, it makes me crazy. That's so funny. I usually will ask something like, do you know who Phyllis Diller was or mm-hmm. something like that? Just yeah. To, just to get us something. Well, it's weird how the people have like a really short memory for like, um, you know, camp or pop culture. And, you know, there's such a rich history mm-hmm. of gayness throughout all of like film and television. Right. You know, I've gone down a wormhole of like Bruce Valanche interviews. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, A, he's hysterical, of uh, course. Yeah, of but course, he yeah. has a hundred million stories about everybody. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. uh, he wrote for like the Paul Lind Halloween special. Yeah. So he's got these, and kisses involved with that. So yeah. he touches like everything. But he has this one great story about how the, he worked for the Osmonds, but they wouldn't let Marie Osmond sing this one song because it was too like sexually explicit. Oh, uh-huh. So instead they gave her uh, Elton John's Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. And they just sat there and laughed while none of the Mormon, you know, people knew. That's incredible. The suggestiveness of that song. That's so funny. Yeah. he. But that's like such an artistic way to be like still gay, still like we're going to put a blowjob in there whether you like it or not. It's so smart. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really how to be subversive without people knowing. Uh, which I think is the true like benefit of being queer. That's why I like that word. Mm-hmm. Again, my mom is still like, isn't that a bad word? So I'm like, not anymore. We're, things have changed, baby. Yeah, it's about reappropriating something that's used to hurt us to, you know, make us whole again. Right. It is very punk rock-ish. I like that. But on stage, I do like to say, I, I say that my dog calls me a faggot because I've been too I'm busy watching Beyonce videos online and his water dish is empty. Goes, my water <laughs> dish is empty, you faggot. Uh, so I always say, yes, my dog speaking, speaks English and he is bigoted. Oh, yeah. Uh, which <laughs> so I, I love that. But if it's an audience of gay men, I'll say, I don't say the word faggot to reclaim the word. I say the word faggot because I hate gay men. <laughs> and that always gets a huge round of so applause because we're cannibals. Why is it so hard for gay male comics in a gay crowd? Like gay male comics really hit yeah. big with like straight people. Totally. Because, I mean, that were the vamp and the clown and the we can say it, but they can't. But mm-hmm. I literally think it's because gay men survival mechanisms also are a sense of humor or mm-hmm. like reading or kind of pop culture, just things that stand ups might touch on. Yeah. And, you know, 
when we're in a group of straight people, we kind of are the funny, you know, or the yeah. loudest or the whatever, mm-hmm. more entertaining. So I think from an audience perspective, you're like, well, if he can do this, I can do this. Yeah. But I also think because, you know, we're gay men, it's like, well, I don't want to fuck him. Or like, you know, maybe I do want I think there's a lot of judgment going on. Like, I'm effeminate. I have long hair. I think I have feminine features and I'm extra queeny on stage. Mm-hmm. And there's this thing going on right now where it's no femmes, you know, mask for mask. Mm-hmm. Everybody's jacked now, right? Like yeah. people work out, people are way more fit than I think normal used to be a little more normal. Mm-hmm. And that reads as masculine even though there's still a bunch of light in the loafer nancy boy queens you know Mm. like i hooked up with some dude who was like mask for mask and like blindfold and daddy Mm. butch 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 and we were done having sex and then literally he was like i hope the gardeners didn't trim my azaleas back too far this time i'm like girl this is not you know what i mean like i'm still here you're still supposed to be like woof but I think to gay men, sometimes I'm just like this old screaming queen, which is a little old fashioned, but like, mm. I, I think it's unattractive. It reads unattractive. That's, that's funny because I don't see you as that. To me, you're very like 1970s Laurel Canyon masculine. Hell yes. You're yeah. living in like the Gulf Stream trailer like outside. Yes. And, you know, it's like you're, you have a lot of hand-tooled leather. I think you're very like young Jackson Brown to me. Can I tell you, I used to get either Towns Van Zandt or Jackson Brown when yeah. my hair was like a few inches shorter and maybe I was a little younger. I used to get that all the time. Yeah. Um, I should give you my t-shirt that I have that has uh, little drawings of Jackson Brown and Linda Ronstadt on yeah. it. I got some vintage shirt with that. Yeah, to me you're like, it's like, well you were in the Eagles but then you <laughs> and Don got in a huge fight. <laughs> it's real weird and like... Because I said the Eagles actually suck. Yeah. And for your Mac is better. So that they, they, you were you were actually doing a lot of vocals for bread at the time. And so, <laughs> That's and so good. It was like, you know, it was actually Crosby, Stills, Nash, yeah. and Webb. And, we- <laughs> and, then, and then they were like... Can you do my drunken history? Can you yes. do my drunken 70s rock history for me, please? Yeah, but that, that's what I like. When I see you, you're very much that kind of... Like the look is very, to me, very 70s masculine, yeah. which is like... Very hyper-masculine, so I don't see the femininity. I'm trying to get into that where I can have that T-tiny male waistline and just have, you know, and I fan out in both directions mm-hmm. up top, like, a, like not necessarily hourglass, but I just want to look like some no, weird it's, hippie figure. it's like a swimmer, but it's also like a tree, but it's also <laughs> like, um, it's very much... Uh, a kind of uh, James Taylor in like 1971 yes. or like Carly Simons like wrote a song about you like so, yeah, you're no, so vain she has <laughs> she has some like butch looks back then yeah. I could do like you know Carly Simon on like a football in a football game yeah Carly Simon on a Sunday fo- yard football game yeah whatever that is like the girl who cuts my she's a friend of mine the lady who cuts my hair she's like well we don't want it to look too feminine I'm like no 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 we want people to like from behind mm-hmm. be like is that what why is that six foot four woman like, yeah, I want that, like, 70s-ish. It's male, though. Like, if you wore, like, a leather head- headband, I wouldn't be mad. Like, are you from the Andy Warhol movie Heat? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, 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 like, very, like, yeah, it's like a Joe D'Alessandro, like, and, you know, those, like, guys that, those straight guys that hang around Andy Warhol because they were, like, yeah, so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, And they would wear, like, a like a leather headband. Evan Dando, but better. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Evan Dando is a perfect example. He's a goodie. I love that. He was beautiful. Well, give me, I will take 
I hate that I don't like the Eagles. I don't hate it, but I don't like the Eagles. Mm-hmm. But I love me a Tori Amos cover of Boys in Boys of Summer. Oh yeah, yeah. Super good. Well, I I adore you, and I want people to see you. Where can people find out about your gigs, and also what, how often you do Hags, and when you do it, and what's 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 that about? Um, Hags is a monthly show that I co-host with my friend Steph Tolov. It's the last Tuesday of every month at the Virgil in Silver Lake, Los Angeles, California, mm-hmm. um, and we only let funny people on the show. Yes. Margaret did our show last month. It was so great. All my dates uh, you can find me on my website is thedanielweb.com. So all my dates are right there on the first page. Likewise on Instagram, my my handle is Toyota Lopez, which is my drag queen name. Um, <laughs> she's a mess. And sometimes I'm her sister, Tampa Bay Lopez. Ooh. Yeah, B-A-Y-E, Tampa Bay. Oh, I like that. Yeah, she's also a mess. That's so great. Lots of ex-husbands. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Margaret Cho, this was a dream. I really yeah, can't say thank you for everything. Thank you. Come see me do comedy. I'll be at the Lucky Eagle Casino in Rochester, the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club in San Antonio, uh, the Improv in Washington, D.C., Wise Guys at the Gateway in Salt Lake City, and uh, Club Region Casino in Winnipeg, and the River Cree Resort and Casino in Enoch. But you can find all of my dates and whatever you need to know at margaretcho.com. Never miss an episode of The Margaret Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The Margaret Show is an Erios production with editing by Kat Hong and original music by Garrison Starr. Erios. Powered by ACAST.